This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's that time again, ladies and gentlemen. Get the funk on. With just a moment, I'm Andrew Sturgeon. And I'm Gwendolyn. Yeah, Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn is fashionably chic. And the marketing geek. And we like marketing. Yeah. We're geeky for marketing, geeky for science fiction. Get your funk on. Superheroes. Get your funk on. Geeky for (laughs) funk, although. I I I I I I can only take my funk so far. Being speaking of funk, you know who's been in a funk recently, Andros? Mark that? Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. The man. The man lost. Um, it was. I've heard estimates anywhere from fifteen to seventeen billion dollars yesterday. Um, as the Facebook earnings were underperformed significantly, and uh, the user growth has slowed for the first time in maybe a decade. Uh, yeah. So, so what, what is he like? Just is he saying to himself now? Now I've only got enough money to spend in five lifetimes. Well, you know what he is saying. He had just, I think, two days ago, he had just passed Warren Buffett on the uh, on the all time richest people list. So he's now right. far behind Buffett. So Buffett is just laughing his way to the bank right now. So what's happening, fellas? Why why is Facebook taking a dive? What's going on? This is a very good question, and to answer that question, then you have to talk to my 11-year-old stepdaughter and my 13-year-old stepson, and you have to ask them why Facebook is tanking, and they will tell you because no one's effing using it. That's what they would say, <laughs> just, just like just that. Just old people, the young, the younger crowd, the, the screenagers tell me that they're using Instagram yeah. and Snapchat and they're not using Facebook. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. That demographic, I that demographic, I completely agree. I think it's like 25 and under is is all Instagram and Snapchat. Now, lucky for Facebook... You know they own Instagram, so the fact that their stock is still tanking means that their Instagram asset is also um, that must not also be performing because you know if the stock drops, that that's all their assets. So it's not just Facebook here that's going to be um, creating that 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 drop. So they're they're having problems all around, and uh, you know a lot of that comes back to the 
Cambridge Analytical Analytica scandal, and um, and then a lot you know in the news right now. There's just there's so many things about the way that news is spreading. Um, there was a big there was a big thing where uh, some of Congress members have been trying to get Infowars uh, censored off of Facebook, and Facebook has been they've been hesitant to do that because they're I, I think it's on the I think they feel that it's on the borderline of are we suppressing free speech? Yeah. Um, but they've so, they've so far so far they've left it on, but they've they've done what they call uh, they've de-emphasized the content or they they um, de-ranked it, so it doesn't show up as as prominently as on the news feeds, but it's still available on there. So that's an interesting controversy happening. And then Twitter right now too, they've been they've deleted something like two hundred million fake accounts over the last uh, month or two. And I think one of the biggest problems with Twitter in the past has been the fact that it's more of an anonymous platform. And whenever you let people be anonymous on any platform, you're going to get the worst possible versions of them to show up. Uh, well, there's a couple to... of other things at play, too. I mean, you know, James Gunn, who unfortunately got fired unjustly, I believe, from uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you know, he because he had some old tweets. Rain Johnson just the other day deleted like 20,000 tweets. And uh, so people are starting to self-censor because they're afraid of the backlash. You can't really yeah. speak your mind freely because people are losing their jobs. But I think I think that there's a bigger issue here, and this is the main thing that we want to talk about today. And that is in a day and age where people are not being uh, able to be targeted as easily because they're targeted too well, how do you digitally market to people in a day and age when – uh, it you like just a few years ago, it was all about Facebook marketing. Uh, I would probably tell most companies, unless it was a very specific type of company, to stay away from Facebook marketing and look towards more like uh, either Google AdWords or in-app advertising, uh, different things like that. But the bigger the bigger issue is this: is if you use uh, Instagram as your main means of communication. The ads that are able to stream through that timeline are not as robust and people are ignoring them. So uh, mm. as the old saying goes, if the product – if you have to pay for the product, then you're paying to make that product work. If you're you not are paying the product. for the product, you are the product. And f with yeah. Facebook, you are the product, right? So if, if the, that product, you, is not putting money into Facebook or buying things through Facebook or Instagram or any of these other uh, platforms, then, then the thing isn't going to make money. So I think that there's a bigger issue here, which is uh, not so much like you know we can argue, well, it was Facebook's earnings for this or that or this scandal or that scandal. The bigger issue is how are people able to av be advertised to? And if people aren't responding to the advertisements anymore, that stock uh -huh. is going to drop. And that's what I well, think happened. That's interesting. And I, I don't know if I agree as, as, as much with you uh, that Facebook advertising is not the way to go still, but it, the, the platform has taken, a st has taken a step back and largely due to two things, the scandals and then the, uh, the GDPR and the, this whole thing in, in the European Union, the GDPR is the, um, what does it stand for again, Andres? Something privacy, it's about the privacy uh, settings that, are, uh, that, that email marketers are able to, um, able to use. And so the GDPR is, is a new legal resolution in the European Union that has made it, they've tightened the way that you can target other people 
uh, right. in the European Union or European Union citizens, even if they're even if they're living in the United States. So it's it's a lot more difficult now to um, to be able to to market to those people on email, but it's also tightened the targeting. And if you go into Facebook right now. Um, and you try to target people based on income or if they're a homeowner or things like that, you'll get a warning message that pops up that says this targeting is available now, but it's about to be removed. So the ability that Facebook used to have where you could target by income threshold, you could target by like the type of credit cards or how many credit cards they had. You could target by if they were a homeowner or not. Those are being taken away. And that's largely so the due to then the is, privacy thing. Yeah, right. It's and and also because I think that that on some level everybody in the Facebook organization probably got real woke, and no matter how you deny it or 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 try try to deny it or try not to deny it, uh, the the facts have shown that Facebook was weaponized for the American election, and it was weaponized for the election coming up, and uh, and and. You know, Vladimir Putin went on record and said that yes, we 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 tried to sway the election. I mean, it's it, the, all the facts are there, right? So mm -hmm. I think that there's a Facebook overload. People are like disengaging, and it's like anything else. If you're if you have something hit over your head a million times, eventually you're just going to ignore it completely. So I want to turn to my non-tech expert, Gwendolyn, yes. and I want to ask you, oh, Gwendolyn. I just have to stretch. I fell asleep there for a minute, fellas. What what are we talking about? Oh, thank you, thank uh, you. I'm talking about. Oh, I'm awake now. What's going on? Where are you? Where are you, by the way? Oh, oh yeah. Last time we talked, I was. Uh, oh gosh, I went from the Netherlands to London, from London to Pavie. And um, from Pabby, I decided to come back stateside, and I'm now at my place in Cocoa Beach, Florida. Just left Ron John's surf shop and got some new flip flops. So uh, Very nice. it's a good day. You, you have a big announcement that we're going to unveil a little bit later, don't you? Well, I don't know how big it is. It's it's big. It's huge. Okay. It's huge. It's All right. huge. It's a big one. Well, let's let's. I want to hear. I want to hear from you. Like, so, Gwendolyn, we, uh, like, do you we, do you still? We were talking about Facebook. We're talking about Mark Zuckerberg. We're talking about. Um, Mark, privacy and, and in and Facebook advertising, particularly, they're taking away a lot of the targeting features that used to be available to advertisers, like your ability to target people based on their income, target people based on their homeownership or, or specific things like that are being taken away from the advertising platform. So uh, I want to hear, are, are you on Facebook? Are you, um, do you think that it's still a viable advertising platform? Sure. Let's, let's hear a little well, bit of your well, take on this. Let me tell you a little bit. I, well, actually, I have advertised on Facebook uh I won't get into any titles or anything, but I, I did write a book. I've, I've written a couple books and I did some advertising and I tried to target specific. I was allowed to go through the advertising process through Facebook and, and target certain audiences that had certain names come up within their, within their profile. And so I did use Facebook advertising. So over like $40, I could reach, you know, 10,000 people or 20,000 people. I can't remember. It's been a couple of years. Uh, and I did. What were your results like? Uh, well, I have to tell you, I, I got a lot of likes, but as far as purchases, I did not get a lot of purchases. So I didn't have a lot of luck with actually the sales component. And I don't know if that's mm -hmm. because I didn't really know what I was doing at the time as far as uh, making the, the, the print and the copy so that people would have to say yes to purchase it. Uh, what I, exactly. 
but I also, uh, <laughs> that, that woke everybody up too, but I also found that I could change the demographic too. So like I would change the demographic and then I hit a different audience and then things started to pick up. So then when my book uh, came out on Amazon, more people started to purchase it. So in the digital file, more people started to purchase. So instead of actually getting a physical book, I found that many people in the field in which I wrote the book started to buy the digital copy to be able to put on a large screen or their phone or laptop, you know, that kind of thing. So as far as uh, Facebook advertising, like I, I'm going to tell you, when I'm not having a good day, I like looking up pictures of kittens and puppies and babies and cute things. So those things flash up all the time on my, on my feed. So I'm constantly getting pictures of, you know, cute little kittens doing really adorable things and uh, pictures of t-shirts with cats on them. Okay. Now I'm the fashion. How much are you buying though? How how many of those are you actually buying? There is absolutely no way in hell I'm going to buy a t-shirt with a cat on it and wear it. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Okay. Um, they're cute, you know, and maybe for someone who's 85 to 110, that's like the perfect shirt for them to wear. But I am not, as much as I love cats and kittens, I am not wearing a cat shirt. I am not going to be considered the crazy cat lady. But so, so here's the, here's the question I, I, I really have, and this is the meat of it because you, you know, you're not like a tech person. Right. So what motivates you online to buy something like from the moment you decide to purchase something to the moment you buy something, can you give us just a rundown of what that process is for you? Well, first I'm, I I know this is a whole different episode, but I'm an Amazon prime member. So if there's something I need, I just look on Amazon prime and see if they have it. Now I know that's putting JC Penney's and major department stores out of business, but it's convenient. It gets shipped right to my house, especially if it's something heavy, uh, free shipping for things like kitty litter, 40 pounds of kitty litter. The price is $2 less than at Walmart, and it's free shipped right to my house. I don't have to carry it from Walmart to my trunk of my car, from the trunk of my car to my basement. It comes right to my house, and I just have to bring it down to the basement. So, you know, those types of things are real practical for me to purchase online. Uh, so it depends what I'm looking for. I, I am not going to come across something because I'm not a tech person, I'm not going to come across something on Facebook or a social media platform or television, you know, as seen on TV. And I'm not going to say, Oh, I need to have that. Like I am not an impulsive buyer. I'm not going to be watching the home shopping network saying I can't live without that. So every, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Lisa. Were, Were you, um, when this like Cambridge Analytica scandal went down, were you tempted to leave Facebook? Like some people did, or was that was that something that that um, did that affect your your desire to be on Facebook so at all? So I'm a late bloomer. Um, I started on Facebook. Uh, let's see, in December it was a year, and the reason I started is because I wanted to see my friends' children, grandchildren, and everybody was kind of growing up, and I'm I'm like missing out on all of my extended family, my relatives and their children and what's going on in their lives. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to be an inactive user. I'm not going to do any posts or anything. Well, then I said, oh, well, you know, this is cute. I'll post that. Or then people started to tag me and, you know, put me in different posts. And so I started to have a little bit of fun with the social networking part. But no, I, you know what, there's always a scandal. There's always something that, you know, and I don't put anything out there that's going to, say to my employer, oh my, 
you know, she, she's really not behaving herself. We, we need to call her in the office. You know, so I, I think people have to use judgment with they're putting out there. And I have my settings set so that nobody can see my friends unless people, you know, post to something. Uh, everything is just for my friends to see. Things like my okay. year that I'm born, only I can see. So I have I had it very private. There's very few things, very little information people can find out about me. And okay, so here's 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 the bigger question that I have because this it, what you've just painted is kind of the landscape of what I think a lot of people are dealing with. So you you're not a millennial, but but you are definitely a demographic that uses Facebook on a regular basis. And I and basis. I date you I date are, millennials. Let's let's just clarify that. <laughs> so but 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 if you, if you unravel like like the people so those those people who are using apps like instagram and whatsapp those those are it's impossible to advertise to people on those particular apps so so what i want to cover right now is figuring out like what are the methodologies that, and i want to open this up to to any of our listeners who here who are also marketing people what are the best ways to market in a world where in a world where we are unable to uh, uh, connect to people like we used to? Because the the way that Facebook marketing used to work is, you know, how you go to to the grocery store and you swipe your card for the discounts on all the stuff, and basically you, then you pay with your with your debit card. All of that data of like what you bought, how much money you're making, how often you go shopping, what you're shopping for. All of that data is compiled and basically given to Facebook. They're, they buy it. Well, they buy it. They, they buy it. They buy the, They buy that data. And then when you go into the Facebook advertising and you, you try and do Facebook advertising to somebody, you're targeting certain demographics. That's where that data is coming from. So, so if, it, if, it's, if people aren't paying attention to you know, what people are doing on Facebook as far as Facebook advertising – how do you digitally market to people in a world where it's a dying? It's dying. It's obvious. Well, That's it's why interesting Facebook, that you sorry. bring that up because I remember being a young child and, and watching television where they had commercials, you know, and I don't watch TV with commercials anymore because I'm watching, you know, Netflix or something, something like that. And, and so if I'm watching cable television, that what are, what are commercials? Yeah. Com I'm a millennial. Right, exactly. Like millennial. all of a sudden, you know, a McDonald's Big Mac commercial comes on and they've got this, this, you know, juicy food in your face. And then you get this craving to want to go buy a Big Mac at McDonald's or a pizza from Pizza Hut. And so I just remember those days. And I think, you know, I've probably lost 20 pounds since I stopped, you know, getting cable. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if there's a correlation or not, but, but I think I, I do know of a person who's really into a certain band. Okay. And because this person's a member of this band's uh, following where people post, you know, their band tattoos, they post their band, like Grateful Dead, for example, they post their Grateful Dead information, they post and share songs. There's a feed on Facebook that comes up and there's always a new t-shirt to buy. So my friend is constantly buying a new Grateful Dead t-shirt, like once a week, a new Grateful Dead t-shirt. And they're all freaking awesome. Like really, really cool. Um, like, I don't know if you've heard of the company North Face. Um, you, uh -huh. you know, yes. they make winter jackets, sweaters, that kind of thing and for skiing. I'm a skier. Well, he got a t-shirt that said, steal your face. It, it was just cool was for a Grateful Dead fan, but it was the same print. And you look at it quick and you would just say, oh, that's a North Face t-shirt. Well, it wasn't, it was, you know, steal your face. So, you know, there's, there's just, uh, there's certain groups of people I think that get together and have similar interests. And those people that have similar interests are purchasing the things for sale on those sites. So I think 
well, from what I've seen from my friends, uh, they are on sites where they can get things that they like that interest them. If like one of them's a collector. Mm -hmm. And so she gets on this uh, Facebook site for people who collect uh, the same junk. I'm, I'm sorry, it's junk. She, <laughs> cookie jars. Who collects cookie jars? Uh, cookie jars. She's on this cookie jar Facebook collector thing. Okay. And then I know other people okay, so, so, that have. So hold on. Uh, uh, let, me, let me just put it, but like stop you right there because cause I think you're proving the point. Which stop is a this, cookie which jar. Stop a cookie jar, because because what you're what you're talking about is there are certain demographics who have certain groups that they go to and hang out in those groups to buy things and exchange things. Exactly. So, and this is this is my point, right? Which is, if you're a marketer, if you're looking to marketing, Facebook marketing works to a certain degree, but what the future looks like as far as marketing goes is customer engagement and forming communities. So uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about forming a tribe, like what that looks like to form your tribe, find your group of people. And, and you know, it, it really comes down to being a leader and, and being an influencer and creating a, a, a situation in which you see a niche that isn't being addressed and you form a community around that, that particular niche. We, we as, a, as a culture, culturally, especially this younger generation, who are not growing up with commercials. Uh, I mean, my three-year-old, if, if he's watching a YouTube video and there's a little countdown in the corner, three, two, one, he <laughs> skips the ad. He's three, right? He's growing up like the, the media that I, and I don't let him ha have a lot of screen time, but he watches Netflix, he watches YouTube videos and he, uh, he, he, buy, he doesn't see advertising. So it, it, he doesn't, it doesn't affect him at all. And this is a lot of millennials. So the way that people are marketing nowadays, take notes, everybody, is, is you need to form a community and you need to get people around a campfire. This is what, what is pre-programmed in our reptilian brain is to, is to gather around uh, and, and tell stories and communicate with well, one I another. Well, so, I see a lot of that happening. You know, I have so many people that will send me friend requests and then the people I know – or know through another person, then I find out they're selling essential oils or they're selling candles or they're selling, uh, you know, some time type of cooking thing, or they, they have these little infomercials. They want me to buy this. And, you know, for a while I'll follow. Or they're selling the, the LinkedIn mastery course. And with that, I'd like to just mention that this podcast is brought to you by the LinkedIn mastery course. That's right. The LinkedIn mastery course is where we are going to get a community of people together who have uh, no familiarity with LinkedIn or the proper way to use it. And we're going to teach everybody how to have a master LinkedIn profile. And that is something that we are doing uh, for free. Isn't that right? For free! Yay! Free! <laughs> it sounds too so, good to be so true. Let me, let me say a few there things. There has to be um, a catch. Andros, so let's come back to, let's come back to Facebook and to advertising. Um, I, I thought that was interesting when you said about your three-year-old watching YouTube. I've gotten to the point where YouTube ads bother me so much already that I, I pay their fourteen or fifteen dollars a month for YouTube Red just to get rid of the ads. So I actually, really? I actually pay it. Yeah, I pay, I'm a I'm a subscriber. I've had it for almost a year. Uh, I happily will pay fifteen dollars a month to not be advertised to on YouTube. Interesting. Just to save that extra twenty seconds uh, per video because I watch a lot of YouTube. Though. I, I enjoy YouTube as an educational source. Uh, secondly, so, so, secondly, I want to I want to talk about Facebook a little bit more because 
Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely dead right with that. We're moving towards community marketing. And um, one way of putting that is if, you, if you're marketing, if you think about it in terms of tribes, you, the first step is you're building a tribe. Um, the second step is you're engaging the tribe. And the third step is that you're marketing to them. And ultimately, I think all businesses are built on that model. Um, however, I do disagree a little bit with you about uh, Facebook advertising and the effectiveness. And I think what's happening is it's there's an evolution in how Facebook ads are going to work. And uh, the way that they used to work, I think, is not going to work as well as they did. But I, I do think I don't think that they're going away. I think that there's just a, there's just an evolution happening and then you're going to have to marketers are going to have to adapt or perish uh, just like with any trend change. Um, and, and there is a major, there is a major change and shift happening in the landscape, but wherever there's attention, there's always the opportunity to market to people. And there's still, there's still a lot of attention on Facebook, even if, uh, even with the controversies, even with all this, there's a lot of attention there. Um, but I mean, ultimately marketing, the goal of marketing is to get in front of the eyeballs and there's still eyeballs on Facebook. Right. There are eyeballs on Facebook. However, when you're talking about people who are actually becoming the majority of the buying power, and that is millennials, like people who were born, uh, after, you know, around 1990, uh, and on all of those people do not respond to advertising the same way. So if you want to get in front of those eyeballs, right, we've already established that the first thing you need to do is build your tribe, build some sort of community, start a podcast, start a, you know, uh, even though it's hard to do YouTube channels, uh, create some sort of, uh, place where people can gather and buy a certain type of product because they're passionate about, ties or cat shirts or whatever that thing is. Uh, this has been very effective in politics, our side, you know, our tribe versus their tribe, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that, that it's really about getting the eyeballs together or finding where those eyeballs are and not necessarily just flashing advertisements in front of them, but giving them information so they can really uh, be passionate about whatever that thing is that they're passionate about. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, what happens is, what I think happens is um, there's a lot of companies out there that pitch Facebook advertising as like this godsend solution to, to grow your business. And uh, what happens is cold traffic on Facebook, is, is a, that's, a difficult, uh, that's a difficult audience to convert into a, into a purchase. It's, that's bottom line. It's very, very hard to do. And when you have a tribe, when you built up a rapport with an audience and they know who you are, they know, like, and trust you, they're much more likely to listen to what you have to say, and then they're much more likely to potentially at least look at your offer. And uh, so I think, I think what happens is too many people are going and doing Facebook ads, and they're just throwing their money away because they're, they're going directly for their kill message um, right off the bat to a cold audience that has no idea who they are. They're a small brand that hasn't built a reputation. And that just doesn't work because they don't have the relationship with their tribe. But what you're talking about, Andres, is you have to establish this some sort of credibility or some sort of thought leadership behind your brand, or you're just going to, or it's not going to work. And I, I've right. seen that over and over again. That I mean, if, if they, if you're not trusted as a thought leader and if you don't have, uh, if people can't validate your credentials and things like that, you're, you're just throwing your money away on Facebook. So that, that's yeah, where absolutely. I, I agree. Absolutely. And, 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 uh, I think you, you know, you, you hit it spot on. In fact, I had this client recently, it was this, uh, small, uh, software company and they were trying to figure out like how to communicate to more people because they had a very, very niche market. And one of the things that I, I suggested to the owner of the company was that he do this very thing, start a podcast around the particular niche that they were serving. 
because you know there's getting to be more competition around this particular niche. And I don't want to say what it is because it'll give it away. But uh, but one of the things that that I suggested is like start a YouTube channel, give advice, but start a podcast like we're doing. And uh, you know we're we're in future episodes. Justin and I are going to go over how to start a podcast and, and what that looks like. And very meta, software a that very meta using. episode where we podcast about starting podcasts. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, you know, it's, it's like we, we, have, we have people who, uh, uh, you know, our seven listeners who have been enjoying this program and leaving very nice reviews for us. And uh, people, people are listening to what we have to say, which is great. So everybody who's listening, tell 500 of your closest friends what we're doing here. Um, but, uh, but, but this is, you know, Justin and I are doing this partly because we love to help people, but also because it's helping, we're building a tribe. That's exactly what we're doing. There's no, we're not, yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. And we love to hearing the interactions. And so the companies that aren't doing this, you know, so you have to give something back. And like, for instance, if you're, if, if, if you're, uh, wanting to build your tribe, you have to give something. If you're Chipotle, you have to give E. coli to your, uh, (laughs) friends, for instance. Please give me more coli, Chipotle. Please. I'll have, yeah, I'll have the uh, barbacoa, the corn, and the coli. <laughs> just double scoops uh, of that. Just to just to emphasize what you're saying, Andres, I think there's there's three ways of really doing this, and, and we can talk about modalities like with uh, NLP, come bringing back NLP again, neural linguistic programming. Uh, you have the visual, auditory, and um, kinesthetic modalities of of, sens- of sensory that people have. So if you uh, if you're more if you're more comfortable uh, away from the camera and we don't we don't mind being on camera but um if you are more comfortable away from the camera then a podcast is probably your top solution to market to your tribe if you are uh if you do love the camera then you could do facebook lives every day or every or every week and you could create a show uh, around facebook lives and you can convert those to youtube and you can create an audience through video and if you don't like either of those, then it's uh, go the blog route and you create your audience by uh, being a writer and you write about your topics and you promote those uh, through uh, through social media, through advertising. But you create your tribe through some sort of like a show or modality um, like one of those three. So the more you so, do that and you give content, the more you're building yourself up to. Right. And and so this you've hit a, a very good point. So So to sum up, if you really want to market to people in the 21st century – Facebook marketing, that's one way of doing it. Yeah, it, it can work. However, the, the way to do it most effectively is to build essentially a lighthouse that will attract your perfect customers. And that lighthouse has to be something that you give away. How-to information, videos, information, entertainment, any of those things so you don't hit people over the head with advertising. I mean, when I was a so kid... So your customers, your customers are moths and... You are the light. That is absolutely. <laughs> um, look, when I when I was a kid, that was a joke, people. That was a joke. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I grew up. We had we had like like seven channels. That's it. Uh, Saturday morning, they would play cartoons. There was no Nickelodeon. There was none of that stuff. They'd play Saturday morning cartoons, eight a.m. to noon, and they would they would advertise like crazy as I'm eating Captain Crunch, like sugar cereal. Slight tights of flesh are hanging from the roof of my mouth. And and they would advertise over and over again for McDonald's. The commercials were better than the cartoons. They were so well produced. And when noon came around, all I wanted was a Happy Meal. That was it. That was the only thing on my mind. 
So when my mother finally rolled out of bed around noon, which was a common occurrence, uh, that's what I wanted. And she was just like, I don't want to cook. I'll fuck, go to fucking McDonald's. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm I'm 35, so I was still I was still around for the heyday of television and Saturday morning cartoons, and they, you know, I grew up watching, um, you know, commercials like that. I remember like McDonald's had Ronald McDonald and the Hamburglar and all these cartoon characters, yeah. and I I used to collect their toys, and I, I mean, sure. I I was obsessed with the McDonald's brand and uh, all these and Toys R Us brand. And the way that they, they marketed it was super effective. I and mean, they were they programmed me from yeah. a young age to, to want their products. And I would go to my parents and beg for those products. Exactly. Because but of their he, marketing. here was the difference. There was 12 channels on television. And when that came on, it was like you either sit and watch that entertaining commercial for 30 seconds or you do something else, right? And nobody wanted – like the, because the commercials were so entertaining, you stay in, in front of, of that – of the TV. You, you don't really turn the channel. But now with the internet, we have – zillions of channels right if something bores yeah. me in six seconds i'm out right and so so if if there's an advertisement and this is one of the by, by the way one of the primary mistakes that people make when doing advertising on facebook especially if they're sharing video is the first six seconds there's nothing happening there's like a slow fade up to someone sitting there <laughs> and uh and so you have literally like three to six seconds to get someone's attention if you're doing video and we'll, we're, we're going to do when, a you, whole, when you do one, you have to be like, unless you want to give away a million dollars, don't skip this ad. Right, right. And so you'll, right? you'll see that a lot. <laughs> you'll see that a lot. So, so you know, again, it goes back to, to you can't just bang people over the head with flashy advertising. You've got to move people. And, and part of what's happening in our culture today, and, I, I, and, and tell me if you feel this too, but this is my own analysis, is that – uh, people are hungry for authenticity. They're hungry for realness. I think that the reason that President 45 has done as well as he has is because he's talking to people in a way that really hits them viscerally, and they they feel that as authenticity, right? And well, it's also a contrast to what used to be the case in politics. Like he's the he's the complete contrast of what we've had in the past. Like right. we have had we've had prim and proper, and now we have like a say whatever the hell comes to your mind uh, person running the country. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a big, big contrast, but some people love that because they love to hear uh, like a fresh take and, and they don't, they don't want the, they don't want someone to filter their thoughts through what they think that the, um, you know, what the, the numbers say they should say. Right. So, so what, he, what he's done is he's taken clear. those people and he's built a tribe and he's done a, you yeah, know, he's definitely built a tribe. those tribes 100%. happen to be filled with, you know, people who some of them are Nazis. That's, you know, some of that tribe is, there's a small demographic of Nazi in that. But, but, uh, but, but even still, it's been effective enough that, uh, you know, that was something that, that Hillary Clinton could not do. She could not, she could, she could get a tribe of people who were like, I'm with her because she's a woman. She could not turn the politician off. She didn't turn the, yeah. And it felt inauthentic. And that was, that was the problem. And, and, uh, but Gwen, Gwen voted for her anyway. <laughs> what was it is it hillary clinton is that the one that you own that's right oh listen let's not even go there there, there are a few things i i try not to talk about with people i consider friends 
which would be Justin and sort of Andros. But, you know, I, I feel like Justin and I have a good friendship and Andros, I'm kind of getting used to you. But the, the, the situation is I just don't like to talk about politics, religion or sex with. with, with well, with, inevitably uh, what happens is it becomes like an emotionally charged conversation. Inevitably, I, I, we end up I, hating I do have each a few other, mentors so that let's just not will go there. scream at me if we even bring up politics on yeah. a show like this. But I, I think it's OK to bring them up. Yeah, uh, I don't want to make this like a, a partisan thing. Uh, but it, I think it's okay to bring them up from time to time because they're, you know, it's fun conversation. It's going out in the world. So yeah, well, I mean, we yeah. yeah, we have to address it. We have to address it because it's the world that we live in. Oh yeah, but, yeah, I, I I agree. I completely agree. But I I yeah, I don't I don't run the Hillary fan club. Oh, it's not you. It's a no. different Gwendolyn. It it is a different Gwendolyn. <laughs> yeah, there, there's probably another Gwendolyn out there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> running it, <laughs> guys. It was me. It was me the whole time. I was running the fan club. You're I'm a phony, Gwendolyn. <laughs> I'm taking off my mask, and underneath the mask, I'm actually like Ming the Merciless or whatever. I don't know. Well, but. you know, if your gender identity uh, relates to Gwendolyn, you know, we can start calling you that, and yeah. we'll use the pronouns he and she. And you her. know what? I, I I prefer to be called a Gwendolyn American. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Got gotcha. It. Got it. So. So okay, so so what, what we what we've distilled down here is that is that the world is running by tribes right now. It's basically like like figuring out how to build the tribe in, in America and Americanism and nationalism, um, and you see the spread of nationalism in politics uh, all over the place. Now I'm going to throw a really I, I am going to get political here, okay, but Uh-oh. not not from not from the standpoint of I just want to point something out, okay, uh, and and I've I'm going to throw out a completely ridiculous conspiracy theory are you guys ready oh please i love conspiracy okay. theories so so I'm, hold on hold on i'm gonna put on my tinfoil hat okay hold can, on do you have I've a sound a, effect for do you have a conspiracy sound effect that we could play uh conspiracy okay here we go this is andro sturgeon's conspiracy theory <laughs> okay so wait uh, a minute are you starting this off talking about shapeshifters? Because if you are, I'm just going to zone right out. No, no, no. Reptilian hybrid uh, shapeshifters. So they're different than just shapeshifters yes. alone. Okay, yeah, great. Got, I did read The Biggest Secret. So, okay. okay. Go ahead. David so, okay. So, pop quiz. Pop quiz. What's the gang member, uh, the, the, the gang that uh, Donald Trump always talks about? Oh, uh, MS-13, right? MS-13. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And uh, the story goes that we have to build this wall because the gang violence in Mexico is getting so bad that people are coming over the border and they're joining MS-13. Now, um, MS-13 is a brand, right? It's been marketed as like this thing that you should be afraid of. So I'm just, I'm just going to throw out a little theory that I'm having. What if you wanted to stay in power, right, and you – funded the gangs in Mexico to create sheer chaos, to create a situation where people have to come to safety, which they are. So people in Mexico, as, as because they've got some of the highest homicide rates in Latin America right now because the gangs are running the place. So, so parents are fleeing with their children. That's why they're showing up here, right? And if, if you sell this idea of MS-13 as this, like, we got to be afraid of these guys, you know, so we got to build this wall to protect us. But you say train a couple of enterprising young gang members in the School of Americas. If, if you don't know what the School of Americas is, folks, 
I suggest that you Google it and, and get woke to what the School of Americas is. But uh, it's basically uh, an American-owned assassin training camp. This isn't conspiracy. This is, this is fact. So, but if you, if you control basically the chaos that happens within an inner city and you brand it with your own brand, MS-13, you control it. And you basically say, you guys can do whatever you want as long as you don't step out of bounds. If you step out of bounds, we're going to shut this down real quick, right? But the point is, is that if you control the brand of MS-13, uh, then you control kind of the fear that's generated. So you create an us versus them. You create your tribe. And then you create the enemy within the bounds of, of who you need to be afraid of. The point is, is that MS-13 is a brand. Antifa is a brand. All you need is, uh, is during a peaceful protest of several thousand people, you just need 100 guys in black outfits to run down the street and smash windows, right? And then you say Antifa, and then you could arrest everyone within that protest and, and try them for treason. And there's laws that have been, uh, that have been uh, put into place to allow this to happen. But but in the in the 80s, and I'm going on a deep tangent well, here. Well, let me, let me pause I'm you for one second here, because I okay. think what what happens with a theory like this is you're there's this the the big problem that I see is like I, I used to hear this with like George W. Bush that he you know was uh, in conspiracy land. He was the mastermind behind like 9/11. Oh no! And uh, not I at all. Really <laughs> but, I mean, that, but what happens is like. You know, you have people that are calling somebody an idiot, and then they're calling them like this master maniacal genius at the same time. Um, and I mean, do you? This would take a. It would take a pretty concerted effort to be able to pull okay, something like this so, off. But let's rewind the clock in the eighties. What does this have to do with marketing? Uh, you're, you're losing. I, I'm me. getting to it. I'm getting to it. <laughs> so in the eighties, the CIA ran an illegal operation where they brought crack cocaine into the inner cities and gave gave people a bunch of guns and basically created the the gang problem that existed and and this is like this is documented right it doesn't no, that's true that, that's been recently unsealed that's recently unsealed that, uh, this is all true yeah you can find it it's it, this this absolutely happened right there's been documentaries cocaine cowboys i think is a documentary that talks about this a little bit um uh anyway you can find out this information so so since that time don't you think the technology and the kind of the psyops and the, the the methodology that they've used since that time to create that type of environment has improved greatly, right? So all you need to do is you need to just create a brand, MS-13. You need to market that brand, be afraid of these people, and you need to gather your tribe against that brand, right? Uh, you know, protesters. Well, there's an argument. I mean, there's an argument. And after, you know, going back after 9-11, there was an argument that a lot of um, the propaganda behind uh, Al-Qaeda was manufactured by the CIA and that they had done what you're saying with um, what they're doing with MS-13. Now they had done that in the past. Now, nobody that's all conspiracy conjecture, um, but that's the same kind of that's the same kind of thing that you're saying is like we, we had uh, that somebody had created an enemy on purpose to build goodwill towards um, towards an administration. Yeah, and, and so is that what it, kind it's of exactly yeah, it's yeah. exactly what's what's been happening. Uh, what I what I predict has been happening is that you know the reason that uh, certain political forces have gone on television over and over and told told the American public to be afraid of this particular brand. You could put anything under that umbrella. And basically what it's doing is it's marketing to people a way to be afraid of this particular thing so you can sell a narrative. Because when you're afraid, you go into these lower – like I'm going to get so heavy right now. Hang on, people. Hang on. 
you get lower frequency, you're going to say frequency. Chakras. Right you get into your first and second chakras. chakras. Even better. Yeah. Even better than frequency. Yeah, and and when you're when you're when you're in your fear, it's hard for you to think rationally. You know, people people do like stupid shit when they're afraid. So the point is, is that if you get a bunch of people afraid, you would market to them in a specific way. You build a tribe around fighting that uh, thing that you've created. Uh, now you know who who's a master at doing this very thing, and this is again very documented. In a, in a non-conspiracy world, or is this like actually happening? No, the, now? Who, who actually did this? Who was a master at doing who this? Who is it? Vladimir Putin. He started off. He started off in Germany during the uh, the end of the uh, Cold War. The Berlin Wall came down. He was working for the KGB, and he uh, rose through the ranks. He was head of propaganda, and one of the things that he did was he would basically create two sides, two politically opposing sides, and let them fight. And in that chaos, he would form the narrative. But he was controlling both sides of that. And that's kind of what he was doing. So again, here's to wrap up the big conspiracy theory. What if, what <laughs> if certain, say, political forces gave money to gang members in Mexico to turn that place into lawlessness? I don't know if you guys have been following, but... They've been uh, completely – Not as closely as you. Uh, Not as closely as you. Obviously. I've got a lot of free time. Uh, but journalists have been killed over there. Politicians have been killed over there. It's like if you, if you try and speak out against what's going on over there, you get killed. So, so it's become like a, like, a, like a war zone over there, right? People are fleeing. They're coming to the states and then their, their children are ripped from them because they're trying to find safety from their parents. But the, the point is, is that you could fund that. You could basically say, we're going to allow this to happen. We're going to allow these gang members to happen. We're going to allow this anti-fog group to happen because then we can control the chaos and then we can control the narrative. But all of that stuff has to be marketed, right? And the person that did this the best and who started this whole process was Edward Bernays, which was Sigmund Freud's nephew. Dun, dun, so dun. Again, wait, 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 wait. And that concludes... Andro Sturgeon's Conspiracy Theory of the Week. Join us next week for another <laughs> Conspiracy Theory. All right. Oh, I'm so glad you got through that. That was, that was interesting. That was interesting. Yeah. Um, I, anyway. I, I tend not – I mean I've – I think conspiracy theories are uh, – they're, they're interesting. Like uh, I've always drawn my attention to them, but I've never really bought into to any of the big ones. And, but then again, every now and then – something gets unsealed and you read about like MK ultra or you read about um, which was a mind control experiment by the CIA that got unsealed or you read about what you were talking about with the cocaine cowboys documentary. Uh, so some of them are true. Uh, I think most of them are not. So it's, they're interesting, but uh, moving on. <laughs> well, 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 here, here's all I got to say. Just Google MS 13 and look at the images and see what pops up and tell me if that, if that isn't fantastic marketing. We'll it's, have to do that. It's great marketing. Gwendolyn, yeah. Gwendolyn is, uh, is it fantastic marketing, Gwendolyn? Listen, when I think about conspiracy theories, I think about sports. And I'm thinking, okay, did... Tom Matt Brady is Smith... innocent. Tom Brady is right. innocent. Right, but I, I, I really think like, okay, did that team just get paid this amount of money to throw the game? Because there's no way a major league pitcher could actually throw the ball that bad. You know, so, so, so I, I get into like... Uh, different sports things that happen that are just so hard to believe. And I think, Oh, it's like the team's given up. Like they stopped trying. So is somebody paying them to lose, you know? So, you know, I, I think that that might happen. I, I may buy into some sporting uh, theories of conspiracy, but I don't know. I, I'd like to believe that, that at the end of the day, people do what's right. Yeah. 
I, I would I would like to think so. I, I, I agree with you uh, that at the end of the day, people do want to do the right thing. And as, as the saying goes, uh, the problem with humans is that we go insane collectively and we gain our, uh, our, our sanity one by one. And I think that's kind of we're in the we're in the midst of that. And so this is this 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 is now I'm coming full circle. Okay, so back to millennials. Back to this has been brought to you by tangent.com. <laughs> tangent.com. <laughs> this whole episode has been one giant tangent. I'm sorry, people. Uh, but it... <laughs> just so everybody knows, I have slept through most of it, and I've done a little bit of shopping on eBay. So eBay is getting my money tonight for you people are you who getting, are trying to market. Are you getting uh, advertisements on Facebook for eBay products now? That's the question. Are you being yes, retargeted? Now? Yes, I am. I buy so much so, on eBay. So it, Absolutely. it comes down to an interesting – it's an interesting question, which is if, if everything these days about digital marketing is creating tribes, right? And so going back to my 11-year-old stepdaughter who uses Instagram to communicate with her friends and the, the advertising is ineffective on there. And you're going, you know, Gwendolyn, to uh, eBay, and you're finding your little niches. So, so the question is, as a digital marketer, how do you get a handle on this type of advertising when it, it's it's getting very, very clear that that they're watching everything that we do, and they have it down to a science, so you can really figure out how to hit that niche market. You, it's like the force, man. You can use this for good or for evil. You know, and, and well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at this beautiful purple dress right now, and I, I have a hard time finding things in my size. It's Is this in my an ad, or are you on eBay? No, I'm on eBay. Okay, this okay. beautiful purple dress. No, right? no, that's a yellow dress. I love yellow, but it's purple. And it's a yellow dress. No, okay, it's a yellow dress. It's a. I love yellow, but this is this is a purple dress because this. this we'll is, take we'll take your word for it. Right. Okay, and it's my size. Not it is yellow. It's it is my yellow. it's my size. Everything's perfect. If I were to buy it right now, okay, at the store, and it's by a major designer, it would cost me one hundred and nine ninety nine. I can get it on eBay for twenty three ninety nine plus nine ninety nine for shipping. How do you know that it would really cost you that in the store, though? Is I just, eBay giving I, you those numbers? No, I, ju I just looked it up. Okay, so you did your own independent research. I did my own independent research. Which brings yeah, us so, to another another. That's, that's a buying strategy. So, that's not a buying strategy. So I look at that as what I would say if I go somewhere and I'm getting ready to leave, what do I say? Good. Bye. So it's the same thing. This is a good buy, but a good purchase. Oh, you didn't get my joke. Shit. So I, I kind of I didn't get it right away, but I got it after the fact. Okay. <laughs> well, well, here's, uh, here's, wait, let me wait, wait. When you when you did your research, what did you search? Like, uh, what did okay, you type? Okay, so I put in I put in. Type into Google. That's what I want to know. Okay, so it's by Ralph Lauren. Okay, and it's a petite mm -hmm. size. At, because I'm I'm not six five, I'm short. So then I put in the size that I needed, a four petite, and I put Ralph Lauren, I put the name, I put the size, I put everything in, uh, the exact dress, and then I went to the exact description and I got the price and it was at a major department store. Okay, it, I'm not gonna tell you which one, but it was either at Macy's or Bloomingdale's or did you, did you look did you look for this in Google? Yeah, I okay. Googled it and then went to the store. 
Right. Okay. So, so this shopping strategy that you've just talked about is is actually very common. And what we we, we just is a just so you know, uh, in future episodes, we're going to tell you, digital marketers, marketing geeks out there, how to this shopping strategy, which is very very common, how you can leverage it to sell your brand or your product. Because there are ways to kind of game that system. Because it is something that and to be a smart consumer, why would I pay four times? the money for the same dress. It doesn't exactly. make sense. Well, we take advantage of smart consumers like you. So we, we look for smart consumers like you and then we try to get in front of them and, and then we, uh, we take their money. That's oh, gotcha. But you know what I like <laughs> about eBay though? I can look at something, I can watch it for like a week or two and I see that nobody's made any offers. And so then I can make an offer and like drop it down like $10 and then end up with something brand new with tags $10 cheaper than what they were asking for it. And I know I saved maybe $80. So do you, do you know the difference between men and women? I think I really do believe this is that, is well, that I would, there's hey, a I lot would, of differences. Really? Well, this is one of them. What, what is it? Enlighten I, me. Enlighten me, Andros, with your, uh, I, I would pay $80 to not have to do all that stuff. Oh, well, like, you know what? You're not paying me enough for this podcast that I can do that. So. <laughs> Speaking of which, Speaking of which, Gwendolyn, you have a huge announcement. I do have an announcement. That has to do this with is... your goodbye. Yeah. Music announcement? I I don't know. I don't I don't okay. feel like I need an uh, you know a drum roll. Yeah. Charge. Um. So I am going to be only guest appearing once in a while on the podcast from now on. Uh. I think our fans pretty much have uh said how much they really love and enjoy Justin Andros. And so that being said, I'm going to focus on a different part of the business that Justin Andros, myself, and my friend Jenna are going to be working on. Remember I talked about Jenna uh, a little bit before, and this is going to be huge. Like this is going to involve something really big that all of you are going to want. You're going to want, you're going to buy, and you're going to be an integral part of uh, the market that will really become our tribe. So I'm excited about this. I've been doing a lot of research, actually sent a draft to Justin Andros and Jenna today, and we're going to meet after this podcast to go over it. But this is such a time-intensive labor of love that I won't be able to spend time on the podcast because this, this time... Uh, even though we have a great director that helps us with the script, <laughs> joking, uh, uh, you know, I've got a script in front of me right now telling me exactly what to say. Kidding. Uh, I, I have to do this for the team. So I'm taking one for the team as much as I love to yeah. talk and share and, you know, crack my stupid jokes. This is more important because this is going to get information out to millions of people who need it. And the only thing I will be, we'll be rolling out hint, more information about the this. only hint that I'm going to say is millions million mill millennial mole just keep it along that line has something to do with millennials it's our left nostril inhaler business which we're gonna launch (laughs) (laughs) i already have five dollar or twenty dollar bills for that i thought yeah Yeah. well justin really likes uh to admit that he's a millennial so we've kind (laughs) of that was a joke We've, we've kind of, you know, decided that I'm going to spend a lot of time researching millennials. I've, uh, I've been doing that for a few years and they're, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but, but the way that you do it is, is, uh, unorthodox. It's hands on. 
It's hands on. That's what it is. Well, you know, they're a lot of fun. And so I, I, the generation, you know, between 20 and 30 right now, it just, I can't find people my own age that are that much fun. So the problem is as fun as they are, their work ethic and their ability to market themselves and get the jobs that they want doesn't seem to be happening for all of them. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stereotype all millennials, but I am just going to say there are a few million millennials out there that need some help and, and we're going to provide it. So yeah, uh, that's and, why I'm, I'm leaving the show. And I, I got to tell you, like, like I've hired, I've hired, you know, millennials, Gwen has hired millennials. Uh, Justin has too. And there is definitely some skill sets that are not available to some people. They don't know how to interview. They don't know how to get their LinkedIn profile uh, together. LinkedIn profiles are really integral. In fact, uh, if you are having trouble with your LinkedIn profile, uh, we are going to give you a free primer on how to get a master LinkedIn profile with our LinkedIn mastery course. Tell us about that, Justin. August the 7th at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, and compare that to wherever you're listening in the world for your local time zone. But we will be doing a live webinar presentation on how to create a master LinkedIn profile where we break down everything from creating the perfect headline, creating the perfect summary, and how to put all the pieces in place together so you're actually driving interest and you're communicating with either hiring managers or your target market. And then we're going to cover all that on August the 7th. So we delayed this from August the 1st. Uh, I had a, uh, an emergency medical appointment that I could not reschedule. So we had to, we had to do it. I've emailed all the registrants uh, personally. That was actually came from me. If you got that email and uh, I am, uh, so we're, we're excited for that, for that. And Gwen, what were you going to say? I can't remember. Are you Okay. Emergency medical? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. No, it's, well, it's, it's a, it's for the baby and it's not emergency actually. It's, but it's uh it's one of these doctors that is a specialist that just, you cannot reschedule gotcha. with. Gotcha. And uh, we, we scheduled like gotcha. weeks in advance yeah. and I, there was a communication error. You know, yeah. I, I, I should, I should go all Elon Musk on you and be like, I don't care if you got an operation for your baby. We're making history here. You got to get your priorities straight, man. It sounds like Steve Jobs. How important no, that was actually, LinkedIn Mastery courses because I can tell you right now yeah. and, and, and how important the work is that I'm going to be doing behind the scenes when I'm not on the podcast. When I advertise for a position where I work, okay, I might get 200 to 500 applicants, okay, resumes, cover letters, and it gets very hard to sort out who I even want to call in for an interview. And that's trying to narrow it down to 10 eight to 10 people for a first round interview or a screening interview. So the first thing, and, and what yeah, happens, so the first thing you got to do is market yourself. Yeah. Well, well the issue, the issue becomes if I see a typo, this could be the best person in the world for this position, but if they've typed something wrong, I may not give them a chance because I have to have some way of sorting out who has good command of the English language in writing or who has taken the time to have it proofread professionally. So, you know, I, I just right. go back to how important the message is that, the two of you are delivering. And then the message that I'm going to be working on with the two of you and behind the scenes with Jenna, it's going to be really important stuff uh, for the future of a lot of people. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. So, so, we're, but we're going to have on some special guests on our next podcast. We're going to talk about marketing in a digital age where people are, are not getting uh, the message 
So we're going to get more into marketing techniques. That you can and I'll use. be back from time to time. Into- if you send an email that you missed me, I might be able to come back for a guest appearance. That's right. That's right. And uh, uh, what did you think of uh, our uh, – give me ideas on how to market to uh, uh, people nowadays? Marketing geeks. Do you uh, – what did you think of my conspiracy theory? Got a conspiracy theory of your own? What's up? Marketing geeks. Marketing geeks. Uh, all right. So from the Netherlands, this is Andro Sturgeon for the Netherlands. I am Justin Womack. Stay classy.